in the red book. Welcome to the Happy Clappy Podcast. We're back with another riveting episode from the three pastors, Cody, Kyle, and Todd. How are you guys doing? Easter was a was a blast, wasn't it? It was a blast. It was I good. mean, it was I, awesome. If, if I'm honest, I'm a little fried. <laughs> yeah, I think the Monday after Easter for Monday pastors. After Easter. My wife was telling me that there's this there's this uh, TikTok out there where the lady's like, "Oh, that was a nice time. <laughs> I'll talk to you in a few days." Like, yeah. basically, like let's just sleep it off for a few days. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a it was a rip roaring weekend. We had a bunch of people out. That was really good. Had a big Easter egg hunt. Oh man, I'm looking fun. forward to finding Easter eggs in the back forty for the next you know six months or so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't. I think um, I likened it to um, watching piranhas devour a cow. Yeah, like the Easter egg hunt was pretty much like watching children devour. I, I, you eggs. said that to me the other day. And piranhas don't actually devour cows like that. That's a uh, quickly that's a stripped a flesh off a cow. Yeah, I know it's a misnomer. That's an urban legend. Yeah, but you know what? It's, you can actually put your hand in with don't piranhas. Mess with totally my, yeah. Don't mess with yeah. my reality. That's those are from movies. If you want to put your hand in to a tank full of piranhas, you be my guest. I, I if anyone listening to this has a tank full of piranhas, we'd like to yeah. borrow. We go, yeah, we have a MythBusters episode so for you. Peanut butter on your hand and go for it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. That's, I can't even put peanut butter on my hand without my dog trying so to eat it. So probably one of the things that we could talk about from this weekend is what were some of the wins? What were some of the things you guys saw that were just really exciting wins? Uh, I, I think it was great to have to pull chairs out here for our second service and set up rows because <coughs> we were just out of seats. That was yeah. exciting. Um, I think when Todd and I had people come over to the Easter egg hunt at the Jackson campus, we had people tell us we, – we asked everybody how they yeah. – they, they kind of came to the, the, the event, and they said Facebook, the sign, mm. the cards we sent in the mail. And then some people were like, we were just looking for an event to meet halfway. So I think one group was from yeah. Ohio. The other group was yeah. from way up in Michigan. And they just picked a halfway point. It happened to be North Jackson. And they found an events page, saw the event, and showed up to do eat, hunt Easter eggs. Which together. is awesome. I think that was really a win for me because, like, as people are driving in, you and I got to say hello to just about mm-hmm. everybody that came. And that was really exciting. That's huge. Really exciting to hand away a couple bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the, the volunteers that, that did that did uh, did that the other day. So that was really exciting. Yeah. And we, I mean, here in Brooklyn, we got to, we had over 400 and over 450 people show up, which is amazing. And we had, we had partnered this year with the local Kiwanis, which Kiwanis is a children's, pro, like a pro children's organization. Basically, they work within their communities to find volunteers that help with families and children. And so they had, they had approached us about doing it together and it was awesome. It was really fun. So we had a donut truck out. And so it was just overall, it was, I think it was a fun, you get, you get to the end of Easter weekend and as pastors and people who work in ministry, it's always fun to watch what God does on Easter weekend, right? Mm. And when we celebrate together, it's always fun. And there's always like last second hurdles you have to f- you have to jump through and things that you're worried about tech wise. I don't, I don't or, do hurdles anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I but wasn't I have short <clears throat> legs, so I was never really known for being yeah. a hurdler. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's it's just it's cool. I think so. the best thing for the weekend for me was the 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 events were well run. By our our volunteers Caleb and and Trisha, and uh, and Julie, and they just with the Kiwanis, it was very smooth. And when you have events go off at two different locations at the same time, and they go off that well, uh, you get excited. I think oh, I, was, I was really excited about how mm-hmm. well everything went. 
and you know how we were engaged with the community. We sent out like twenty thousand flyers, and we had an extra three hundred people show up to egg hunts, which was good because without those flyers, I think we would have had probably three hundred at one event, maybe none at the other. So that was important. We had over over four hundred. It looks like about four hundred twenty people came to our services, which is a That's lot amazing. more people for us than normal. So I think uh, the flyers did work. The the People shared on Facebook and told their friends and family, and that worked. So it just I think it was a big win all the way around for just us as a as a multiple campus church community. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to echo the volunteer thing because we don't like we do we do a lot of stuff and we do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, um, but we really rely on our volunteers to to get things done and to organize things. And it was so. Like I met with the, the the ladies Trisha and Julie several times, and you know every time I walked away thinking they've got it, they've got everything under control, they've thought through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent a little bit of money to make the event happen, so I'm going to be turning in some receipts, boss. <laughs> yeah. If I get yeah. you to authorize that, like right here on the air with everybody listening. Yeah, that trash can right up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I think the, the sign of a good event for pastors when you can show up and leave and. It's run so smoothly that you're not necessarily needed. That's yes, a good event absolutely. because, especially for me, I wanted to go try to catch the end of the other event, and so I, you know, I was able to tell Todd, "Hey, I'm going to take off and go to their event." And it was like there was nothing I needed to do. You look around; everything is like a well-oiled machine in Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then I came here hoping to catch the end of the event. It was such a well-oiled machine here; like everybody was gone except for like a handful of mm-hmm. volunteers. Like it was cleaned up, gone. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it was yeah. done. And I said, so that to me is just like that's a sign of good events, and so. I look forward to more of those in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just been a it's been a fun Easter season. Our Holy Week was fun. I mean, over at, we had a good turnout at the Jackson campus for the Good Friday service. We had had some people come here for the the Passion of the Christ. That was a fun experience for the first half of the movie, where we all forgot that the movie is in Aramaic in Coin Greek, and there's no subtitles, <laughs> and so people are like. Are there subtitles? So like midway through the movie, we're like, we're going to take a brief intermission and we're going to pull this up on Amazon Prime. So we decided we were yeah, going to watch it on Amazon Prime. It was a fun experience. But it was, definitely it was a great experience. experience. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I mean, when I think of the weekend, I think of the, the whole purpose of the weekend for us is introduce people to Jesus Christ. That's our yeah, number absolutely. one thing. And so rep- repetitive opportunities to reach out to people, to connect with them and show them love through a great Good Friday service in North Jackson mm-hmm. to a movie night here in, on Good Friday uh, in Brooklyn, two egg hunts, um, you name it, four Easter services at two campuses. It just gave us so many opportunities. And then we had the luau. So we can't forget Holy Week starts with the luau. So it's just been a really great eight days of ministry. And the whole purpose of that is to tell people about our risen savior and what he can mean to them or what he does mean to them. And so to me, that's the win with our, with our sermon Sunday, we talked about the disciples running to see Jesus when they found out from Mary, the tomb was empty and, and the impact and the power that that has and how uh, we can take that kind of mindset into our understanding of what the disciples do next, especially when Jesus uh, appears to them. And so that's the kind of, of passion and fervency we want to have for people to, you know, those, those disciples, those early believers were, were world changers. They changed yeah. the world for the gospel. And we need to be doing that here in Brooklyn and North Jackson. That's, that's our call. That's our, that's our, that's our ministry ground. We don't have to go to the ends of the earth. We need to do our job here yeah. and, and work together with other churches in the kingdom to build the kingdom for the, for the sake of the cause. And so Todd, how do you, how do you feel yeah. about the, kind of our focus of, of really talking about that, that running moment after 
after the tomb, and, and I haven't heard very many messages that focus on after Jesus was risen. It's usually yeah. the process of him rising from the grave. And so kind of give us some thoughts. Well, I think, you know, the, the initial thing that strikes my brain as we're talking about this is just spiritual conversations lead to spiritual conversations. You know, if you open the door, people will, people will have questions about, okay, you Christians believe this or you believe that. Mm-hmm. But if you never open the door, people aren't going to, it's not it's not the kind of thing, you know, when you sit around the table or when you're at work, you can't talk about politics or religion because it leads to people getting into a fight. Mm-hmm. But when you start a conversation, even if it's something very simple, hey, you wouldn't believe what happened at my church. The Easter bunny was t- chasing a T-Rex during an Easter egg mm-hmm. hunt. What? Now, that doesn't really connect to the only word there that is a religious word is church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, I didn't realize that you go to church. Now, see, now the door has swung open even further where you can enter in and you can say, yeah, I go to Heart of the Lakes. We're actually trying to be really, uh, we're not trying to be cool. We are cool. And it just comes out. And the reason that we do all of the shenanigans, all the shenanigans, the reason behind it is we want to introduce people to Jesus. But it starts with that very simple conversation. And it leads to, you know, the empty tomb. And when we talk about the empty tomb at Easter, I think it's one of the most important things. When, uh, when John and Peter left the tomb, they didn't go looking for the body of Jesus. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They went home. And they had to ponder. They had to think. They didn't, it wasn't immediately apparent to them that he had risen. But the thing that happens right after they go home is that Jesus reveals himself to Mary. And Mary doesn't see it at first either. But when she does, like her entire perspective changes. And she runs back and tells the disciples. And then 40 days later, you have Pentecost, and you have the the birth of the church. You have these regular people standing up in front of the crowds in the temple proclaiming that Jesus has risen from the dead. There's so many profound moments, right? Like, we could could teach on that for weeks and not get to the the end of it. Like, there's so many powerful things that happen from the moment the tomb opens, even after the tomb's open, even after Jesus has risen, the angels are there. Because Mary, what we see in Matthew is Mary and two other women come to see Jesus. Obviously, they must leave. Mary finds out that, or she returns. The tomb's open. She finds the disciple. I mean, they come back and all look together. Then they leave, and then Jesus like appears. And so there's just so much that's happening in that in that short period of time that often gets overlooked because the rest of the story is so profound, right? Mm-hmm. There's just all this big thing, Last Supper and washing the feet and the betrayal of Jesus. But there's, there's, there's a lot going on right after Jesus rises from the grave. And to, to me, I, I, the one thing I've been, as we've been doing this service, I, I was just thinking, did Jesus come like right after the disciples went back home? Like, did he just like, I'm just going to wait till they leave to yeah, go talk right? to Mary? Like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a funny thing to think about. Like, these things happened for a reason, for God's purpose and God's reason. He could have came, came and saw Mary and John and Peter, but he didn't. Mm. And so there's, there's, there's really deep truth and meaning that people, especially scholars have, have, and pastors over the generations have assigned to these, how these things happen and what they mean for us today. And so I think we don't always look to the depths of some of those things. It's good to go have a, a sermon like we did Sunday just to investigate some of those things. Well, I mean, I, I was, we were the, during the Passion of the Christ, I've seen that movie a bunch of times. And so one of the things I was, I was sitting there researching, like while the movie's going on, and just looking at all the things, and I don't even think people—I don't even think people necessarily understand the geopolitical implications that Jesus' death and resurrection had. I—I I don't think people realize how much of a supernova event Jesus' death and resurrection was for the entire world. Like, 
in a practical, real way, not just spiritually, but practically and real. And like what it meant for the Romans, like the reason that the the rock was there, the reason that they rolled the stone over because they didn't want insurrectionists to try and use Jesus, like try and steal Jesus' body and act like he was risen. And then, like like they were terrified that Jesus' followers were going to start this this rioting within the region, and they were worried about the Jews starting a riot within the region. So it's like Jesus' death was this this powder keg event that. For us as followers of Christ, is so important for our faith. But it was also super important and impactful historically too. And I, I seeing those things, I love I love history. So like that's for me, that's super impactful to me because of what it, it would have meant. Powder keg, but it definitely was the start of more issues for the Romans. The Romans had a lot of issues with the ruling of of Israel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there many revolts, many uh, uprisings, and so. Forty years after Jesus dies on the cross, the the, the Romans eventually destroy the temple once and for all. The, oh. the whole seat of kind of like Jewish um, religion, and so um, that still is not there. Still is no temple from that day. So yeah. it was it was part of the journey. But to me, the bigger thing is not about the political implication of the day, because those were, those were always there in that time period, especially still today. Politics in the Middle East are, are not the easiest. But think about, like, Jesus was fully man. Jesus grew up as the as a son, like a carpenter, right? He had a pretty, pretty low-key life. Probably didn't have a lot of runs with the law. He went around, teached, and preached. But really, he didn't have too many. We don't have any descriptions of run-ins with the law. We have, like, he, some Pharisees didn't like what he did. But those last moments of his, of his life, he was betrayed and arrested and beaten. Then he was taken to the chief priest where they couldn't find. They didn't know what to do with him. So they sent a pilot. Pilate's like, I don't find right, they wrong. So that, he's being tried like over and over again. So then Pilate t- sends him to Herod. Herod d- doesn't want to find him guilty. Herod sends him back to Pilate. Pilate doesn't want to find him guilty. So he asks the chief priest, you do, what do you want to do? Like, just think of the emotional turmoil that that would happen to us if we got shipped from federal government to state government to, to you know, regional government. Like, you would just be back and forth. That would just play with your mind, even in our own modern judicial system but like jesus went through that in a very short matter of time back and forth back and forth probably being beaten and 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 roughed up the whole time and he still went on to do all the things plus he went to be tortured and all those things like when you really investigate what what that last day of jesus life means it's like it's so profound how much he loves us and we don't always think of the all to the to the true depths of it. yeah we think he was crucified on the cross but it was so much deeper so much more emotionally um, heart wrenching, and they'd bring some of that out in the Passion movie, um, along with having scary, scary demon baby in it. But like, hey, what are we going to do with this guy? I don't know. Let's kill him. Yeah. Okay. And so they kill him, but it doesn't really solve the problem because no. they don't realize what they're doing. That you can't kill the Son of God. You know, not with Jesus. And this is something I brought out on Sunday. Jesus laid his life down. He it wasn't taken from him by force. It was given for to solve the sin problem. And so that's. That just to me is mind-boggling. And so you have him traded back and forth, put on a cross, crucified, and yet you can't kill him. And so you think about the birth of Christianity and the expansion of Christianity, and and the reason we have a church today 2,000 years later is because you can't stop the truth. You can't stop who Jesus is. You can't stop Christians from, I mean, you can, you can go on a rampage. You can try to kill all the Christians in the world. Some people do. It's not killable. Because it's true. Yeah. And we, we think about, like, will it, 
they killed Jesus on the cross, but they didn't really. Jesus gave up his life yeah. on the cross uh, with a mighty earthquake, right? Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like Jesus was was murdered. They, he was tortured. He was crucified, but he gave up his life because that was what he. That's what God did for us. I think maybe the way to say it is that everything that allowed that everything that happened to him, God allowed. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Any thoughts, Cody? No, I mean, I just it, it's it's a it's incredible to me just the sequence of events. Like when when you do watch the Passion, which I I do actually I would highly encourage people who have come to faith to watch it. It's a tough movie to watch. It is. I mean, it's tough to watch. I'd watch it with the subtitles on. If you yeah, I would agree. Yeah, story hundred percent. Yeah, so get the subtitle version. It's not easily available. Yeah, on the internet, but get the subtitle version, yeah. especially for the first half of the movie. It'll help a lot. Yeah, but I mean, I mean to. Yeah, I I think it's something that we should ponder, and, but I also I also love this. Like, it's something that we need to keep in the back of our mind. But one of the things I saw another pastor post is like the reason that Easter is so great and the celebration we have is the the crucifixion means nothing without the resurrection. It really doesn't. You know, like the crucifixion is just another Roman torture method without the resurrection. They got rid of a lot of people who thought they were the Messiah. Exactly. Like, and they would constantly do it. Insurrectionists, they would do it to thieves. In fact, it was so bad a death, they didn't typically do it to Roman citizens. They would only do it to people who weren't Roman citizens or Roman citizens that were treasonous because it was such a brutal form of death. So, like, but with that, the crucifixion doesn't mean anything to us without the resurrection. And so the Easter celebration of the resurrection is so important for us to remember how crucial that was. Because without the resurrection, we're not we're not Christians. Yeah, that's what First Corinthians right? fifteen fourteen says. Mm-hmm. Without, without the resurrection, all this is a vain. So mm-hmm. we need the resurrection for the rest of it to matter, and that's the great thing. It all matters. Mm-hmm. I think that's another that's another touchstone to kind of keep coming back to. You know, you have this guy Paul who formerly persecuted Jewish people, mm-hmm. uh, becomes a Christian, and all of a sudden he's planting Christian churches. And, you know, what he says is that the resurrection is, it really is the cornerstone of our faith. Mm-hmm. We believe in the resurrection for good reasons, historical reasons. We're not, we're not blind to the, uh, the reality that most mm-hmm. people don't come back from the dead. Uh, but we do recognize that this is the finger of God. This is God mm-hmm. working, you know. And so we acknowledge that theologically by following Jesus. I like this. The, the crucifixion gives us an appreciation for what our sin costs. And the resurrection gives us the motivation, right? Like, it's like if we don't have the, like, that is, that is where the reality of what our sin is, the, 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 the visceral nature um, of what our sin does is important for us to understand and comprehend. But it should also, the, the resurrection is what motivates us to continue on because that's really where, like, this is what makes what we believe so much different, so... Visceral, that's a good that's a good word. That's a big word. Is that your vocabulary? That's word my word of the day. Word yep. of the day? Yeah, I get, that was my word on the, the hat. He's wearing a Michigan hat, so oh, yeah. that must naturally be naturally makes yeah. you come up with big words. Yeah. 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 Really? <laughs> <laughs> Try it. See what happens. Um, it's always good to have those hats. That's a football team for those oh, of fo- you who football? Don't really like sports. Yeah. Go sports. So. <laughs> Yay team. Win the points. Do the thing. I want to yeah. go back to what you said, Todd, about the conversation. Like Everything that we did really in the last week was to create conversation from the Luau and Palm Sunday to Easter egg hunts and Good Friday services and Easter services. It's, it's a great conversation that hopefully will bring people deeper into connection and 
an understanding of who they are in Christ and hopefully into relationship with him. And we do try to stay away from, um, we do try to stay away from things that, that make people fight. I, I saw this TikTok, I think TikTok or Instagram reel this week. And Gabriel Iglesias, you know who Gabriel Iglesias is? Yeah, Fluffy. Fluffy, the comedian. You know, yeah. You know Fluffy. So been doing comedy, I think, almost 30 years, like 25, 30 years. And he said, and in all, he's got rules. And his rules are he doesn't talk about uh, politics. He doesn't talk about religion. And the other thing he doesn't talk about is sports. He don't talk about sports. The only time he's ever been booed in over 25 years was a sports joke. Because huh. like, people, people can't handle talking about sports, politics, or religion. He says, so when he does his act, he tries to stay away from all of that stuff. And we, we tend to try to stay away from those kind of conversations as well because people just get so, you see it there or not, people get so fired about politics, religion, and really sports. We really, and that's why we try to be, you know. Right after I you know, just made a sports joke. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. The, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. So <laughs> that's more of education. Um, but, <laughs> but, like, we try to stay away from those things, especially publicly, because, like, those, those limit our ability to, to, to really get into conversations with people that that'll go further than that initial conversation. And so sometimes when you have something in common, it's great, but when you don't, it's really hard to, to do ministry and share with people who you don't share some of those things in common with, if that's the focal point. And so um, that's what having these, all these different opportunities over the Easter season, the Holy week gives us the opportunity to create conversations about what matters, not about what doesn't matter. Well, yeah. And to change the narrative. I mean, the change narrative, whether we like it or not, in society, as followers of Christ, there is, there is a perception that a lot of people within our communities have about what we are without even having a conversation with us, right? For all sorts of reasons, whether it's what they saw on TV, whether it's what they saw portrayed in movies, whether they had a bad experience with somebody who called themselves a follower of Christ. Like, we have a perception about us right, right out of the gate when we say that we love Jesus. And this weekend is a great time for us to recapture that perception and that perspective from our community members to let them know that, like, no, we're real people who are trying to be loving and kind because that's what we've been instructed to do by the one who showed us how to be loving and kind. And the, by, the pers- by, the, by the God who, who loved us even when we didn't deserve it. And so, like, yeah, when you're talking about, like, yeah, these hot-button issues, it's like, well, as followers of Christ, we've got a whole myriad of, of hot-button issues that we have the opportunity to speak truth and goodness and love into people's lives with, and this season is the perfect opportunity. Yeah. Um, I think along with that, like, we, we, don't want to, we don't want to be so loving that we sacrifice the truth, and at the same time, we don't want to have so much truth that we sacrifice love. Right. Exactly. I mean, we have standards. We have beliefs. Mm-hmm. But those beliefs should motivate first me to action. Like, exactly. I, should, I should act on my beliefs. Right. And be a sincere person, you know, and, and with, I don't want to pick any hot button issues because they're hot button issues and we don't want to alienate people and have them turn everything off. Right. Uh, although we are at the end of the podcast. So if you're still with us, you know, there are things that we believe that we have to do. And what that means is it motivates us. Like you think about the care of children, you know, uh, born, unborn, the care of children is a big thing for believers, for Christians. Why? Because God commands us to do those kinds right. of things. Prayer for people who are in politics, even the ones we disagree with. We're commanded to do those kind of things. And so we should be praying for our political leaders no matter what, whether we agree with them or don't agree with them. And we should be praying for people that we come in in contact with. Right. 
No, I think that's, that's it's a great perspective there. And you mentioned children, so this is, gives us a good segue to trans- transition yeah. to the next thing. Cody, you're you're leaving us here in just uh, about 24 hours. You're heading to vacation for a few days, yeah. And then you're going when you're going from vacation to a conference called the Orange Conference. Yes. And this is a good chance because we do have we have people listen from church, so it's a good chance to say like, what is Orange, and why are you going? And and then maybe we could talk about what what we're hoping you bring back from. Yeah, I'll give you the spark notes. Do you version. really think that you've earned vacation? Let's start. With no, that. no, nobody's ever earned vacation. So it's just something that people that, graciously that's not, give. That's not true. You've been working hard. <laughs> you've earned vacation. You've earned some time. Away. Um, I'll say I'll give you the spark notes version. So Orange is our as our really our ministry strategy as a church. It's not just not just our children's ministry, but we're a church that loves. We would families. say we are an orange church. Yes, and we are orange, an orange means church. There's an organization mm-hmm. called Rethink. Yes. Who has a curriculum model called Orange. Mm-hmm. And like when I was at Church it's a, by the It's a philosophy of ministry. It's a philosophy really. of ministry. Um, and so when I was at Church by the Glades, which is a, I mentioned in, you know, in my sermon a couple weeks back, yeah. and they are an Orange church. So they use the same exact curriculum we use on Sunday mornings, as well as like 23,000 or 25,000 other churches. Yeah, well, we week. went and visited 242. They're yeah. using Orange two, as well. we, we were in 242, a, a big church in Brighton that's got like six or seven campuses across Michigan. They are an orange church. So they use the same curriculum. And mm-hmm. what that means is if you're an orange church, your your family can go on vacation. Mm-hmm. And if you go to another orange church, they your kids don't miss a beat. They're nope. right along the same training and understanding. It's, it's a mm-hmm. way to, to really raise children up to from childhood to teenage years, adolescence to adult, and build a foundation of not biblical knowledge. And so yeah. you can go from one orange church to the next if you're traveling or whatever. So we are an orange church. And so that's what that means. So tell us more about, like, yeah. what exactly is Orange for people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Orange, for us, Orange is a way to get, help kids fall in love with the Bible. You know, like, the Bible is this, this rich historical text that we love. We, we believe the, 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 that everything that exists within Scripture is inerrant and infallible. And uh, we believe that it is, it is exactly what our, our children need to help them grow up in faith. And so what, what Orange does is it packages it in such a way that children, it's palatable for children. Some, some of what we all, I think we all agree, even as adults, there's things in Scripture that are tough to understand. And so it packages it in such a way that's really easy for children and for students to understand. And that's relatable. That takes the text of, of the ancient text of Scripture and makes it relatable for kids and students. And so um, the method is really that we believe by partnering with families, we can have a bigger influence. Because the idea is that two separate influences working together will always have more of an impact than two separate influences, right? And so as the church works hand in hand with families, that's the whole idea that the church is the lampstand, right? The gold is the lampstand. The yellow is the lampstand that illuminates the identity of Jesus. And the, 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 the family is the heart, which is red. So in yellow and red together, you know, make orange. So that's the whole idea. And with, with you know, what we're trying to do um, as we implement orange on a regular basis to our kids, we hear them start saying the same things, you know, mm-hmm. across age brackets. So our kids are learning about Jesus and the crucifixion you know, at a preschool and nursery level, our elementary kids are learning about Jesus and the crucifixion at an elementary level and our high schoolers are learning. And so we just, we just got through, you know, obviously one of the biggest seasons in church ministry with Easter. We'll have you break down once you get back from orange, Mm -hmm. maybe a full, maybe have you do just your own podcast episode. Um, Maybe with some of your team about, about what you do at each one. That'd be great for people to really have an understanding of orange across our campuses. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I know when you go to orange, you can't help but get excited. Yeah. So what? Maybe in like two minutes or less, 
What? Why are you going? What are you excited about, about there? And what are you hoping to bring back from Orange? Well, I mean, well, a couple of things. Orange, Orange is a is like a think tank for youth and children's ministry workers, and uh, some of the best in the business that can come up with some of the most innovative strategies to reach children and families. And so I'm really excited because I think I'm hopefully going to walk away with some of that, but I'm also excited because our friend Britt Mooney at Phoenix Roasters, uh, part of the what Bruining podcast um, is working for us to get a backstage pass media pass for me to go interview some people that hopefully we can interview for some of our podcasts. Really? You um, just want to go see famous people like david crowder let's yeah i mean i i'm pretty i'm pretty pretty blessed to be able to go behind stage and and do some stuff for phoenix because because we're friends with brit and brit works at the coffee distributor who's supplying the event and he's really good friends with all the people running orange conference yeah you're gonna get a go but you have to volunteer about a couple hours a day yeah, it's so like you're a, gonna oh, go for free. Oh darn! I have to go drink coffee and talk to people <laughs> yeah, and serve yeah. it to them. Oh no! So we found a way to, to not pay for a ticket. <laughs> yeah, by you serving a coffee for a couple but hours. But not only that, but I also get to go backstage. Yeah, and which is the nice part you're excited so, about. So, yeah. what are you hoping to bring back from this experience? Um, I'm hoping for our volunteers and leaders that we bring back new and innovative strategies and how to reach families that are fresh that take into account the world that we live in today and and also ways that we can be excited moving forward and i mean they're momentum builders conferences should be momentum builders for pastors where they go and get excited about doing ministry and come back with that passion bring it to their teams great so well awesome that sounds good i know we're excited for you to go todd and i are uh, todd and i both we got trips coming up We'll talk about those next week on our podcast. i got to yeah. go to a pastor's conference here if you're not a brother. Todd's going to take a group of our you people from church. You don't got to go. You get to go, I brother. get to go. You yeah, get I to go. Yeah, let's just say that. You know, yeah. I'm very, very excited about it. Yeah, buddy. It's you wonderful. Get to go. And uh, and then um, Todd's going to be taking a group of our people from church all over to D.C. to the yeah. Bible Museum. So I get to go to the Bible Museum. That That is one that, yeah, if I didn't have this other one, I would be going with you. But So uh, we'll tell you more about that next week on the podcast. We'll give you an update. Cody will give you a special update here when he gets back. We can't wait to see you at church soon. Until then, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Happy Clappy Podcast.